From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. We're going to start at verse 38, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. But just before we get there, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for this morning that we can gather as the, as the body, as your church, God, and worship you, God, and, and come together in unity, Lord. As we look to your word, I pray that our hearts would be receptive to what you want to say to us this morning. And so open us, Father God, help us to receive, Lord, and change us in the name of Jesus. God, I believe, Father God, that if we, if we come with expectation, God, if we come with open hearts, God, that you will leave us changed more like your son, Jesus. And so I pray that in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that, as, as James said, that we wouldn't just hear the word, but we go and live the word. We do the word in the name of Jesus, God. So help us to be attentive. Help us to receive. Holy Spirit, speak. You are God who speaks, and so I pray this morning that the distractions would fade, God, and we would just be attentive to what you're speaking in our hearts. We love you. God, this is all for your glory. This is all for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Just, uh, just one second here. can't believe he's texting in church. Yes, God, something I got to do. I'm off it. Scroll a little bit. It's good. You're laughing, but this is this is good stuff. Sorry, got a little distracted there. You ever notice we get a little distracted? You ever notice we live in a very distracted society and world? You all thought I was actually on my phone. I was on my phone, and yes, for those of you who thought it, I did go on Facebook in that moment, and I did scroll. We get very distracted in our society. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of going on up here. We have a lot of things vying for our attention that can, that can cause us to focus on the wrong things in the wrong time, like being present and preaching when you should be preaching. Instead, you're looking at your phone in that moment. Welcome to Christmas at Parkway. We're looking at this, this month, letting go of the things that hold us back. And last week, we talked about letting go of stuff, like actual possessions that can hold us back. This week, we're talking about letting go of distractions. And I don't know if you noticed it, but it's, it's really easy to let your mind wander, right? Maybe you're engaging in a conversation with someone, but the conversation isn't very engaging. You know, maybe you just, you're not caring about what's being talked about, and so your mind begins to drift a little bit, you know? Something's happening around you, and so you start paying attention to what's going on around you. Some of you are like, I don't ever do that, Pastor Cole. <laughs> Some of us do. You know, or maybe here this morning you come to you come to the service, come to the worship experience, and there's a lot of distractions, right? You you start thinking about the game later on. You start thinking about what you have in the oven or what you're going to put in the oven. You start thinking about what you have planned for the rest of the day. You start thinking about all the errands and all the things you have to do. Did I leave that on? Did I do this before I left the house? Oh, I need to make sure I need to accomplish this. You start looking at what someone wore to church, and you're like, I can't believe they wore a jean jacket on stage, right? <laughs> You start focusing on the person that's acting really weird, or maybe there's someone else that's distracted, and they're chatting, and so you get distracted by their distractedness, and everyone's just distracted. It's very distracting to be on this end. You know, you guys are very distracting people. I look around, and some of you are 
chatting, and I just want to pay attention to your conversation and not preach, you know, and, you know, some of you are sleeping, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, no one's doing that this morning, if you are, you're waking up, there's a, there's a baby crying, and it's usually my baby, but not today, because she's in the nursery, we're, we're distracted, there's a lot going on, it's a fight to focus, it's a fight to focus, but can I tell you this morning, it's worth the fight to focus. It's worth fighting to let go of the distractions that I'm going to say this morning can destroy you. The word distraction is a, it comes from a Latin word from the 1590s that meant a pulling apart, a, a separating, a drawing of the mind in different directions. Did you know that the forces of hell are trying to pull you apart? They're trying to disengage your mind, to divide your mind, to disengage your faith, to discourage you, to distract you from the things that matter most. The Word of God, the Scriptures tell us that the enemy, the devil, is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But can I tell you this morning that he doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. He doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. If he can distract you from what matters most, he'll neutralize your faith and ultimately, you'll end up destroying yourself. So there's a story I want to look at this morning in the Bible, in Luke chapter 10, very famous story that many of you are probably familiar with if you've been in church long enough. If you're not, we're going to talk about it this morning. It's of two sisters that are hosting Jesus over for dinner. Jesus is at their house for dinner. So the story goes like this, Luke chapter 10, starting verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So now let's just pause here. Imagine Jesus is coming to your house for dinner. Like this is not just anybody. This is, this is the, the Messiah this is the Son of God. Jesus is showing up at your house. And we all know what we get like when people come over, right? There was a meme that was going around a while, and maybe it's still out there, that said something to the effect that I don't need a day to clean. I just need to know someone's coming over in 20 minutes, right? And we all know that's true. We just go. And usually, usually it's the woman that leads the charge, right? It's like, clean up this house. Somebody's coming over. I want this place looking like Disney on ice in one minute. Right? Get rid of the couches. People can't know that we sit. Push, push the chairs in. We can't let any sign of living be in this space. Why aren't you freaking out? Somebody's coming over. I stole that. I stole that. Imagine your company was Jesus. This is not just your friend. This is Jesus. He's coming over to your house for dinner. You've got to make sure everything's ready. Right, the cooking's all ready, all the meals are prepped and keep going. You gotta make sure all the dishes are full all the time, you know, that all the drinks are ready to go. You got lots to prepare for. Jesus is in the house, but Martha is here and she's distracted. She's distracted by all of these preparations that need to be made, and we know that. She came to him and said this, it says this, verse 40. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me, like justify me. I'm doing all this stuff, and she's just sitting there. Can you believe her? And I assume that, that Martha's expecting Jesus to be like, oh, yeah, I can't believe Mary would sit here and listen when there's all this stuff that needs to be accomplished. For 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset 
about many things. Anybody here ever get upset about many things? You just kind of let things get under your skin. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary had chosen what was better. Martha wasn't doing anything bad. She wasn't doing anything wrong. In fact, what she was doing was a very good thing. I believe we need more people like Martha. Because Martha's are the reason that you get fed every day. Right? Martha's are the reason the bills are paid for. Martha's make the sacrifices so people can sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. You know, we have uh, coming up at the end of this month our Christmas Eve services, and we've, we've decided to have two services, two identical services, 4 p.m. and 6 p.m., to make more room for people to come. More room for people to come. And, and I think about this. There's two times of, year, of the year where, where people who don't usually go to church will go to church, Easter and Christmas Eve. It's usually the, the family members that want to please their family or you, maybe those people who feel like they need to do the right thing. It is Christmas Eve after all, right? It's, it's the birth of Jesus. I, I should go to church. And so why not make more room for more people to come? Because who knows who, who will come here who will experience Jesus in a life-changing way, Right? So we want to make more room for more people to come, which means two things. One, we need to invite our friends, and we need to invite our family, and we need to make a way for our family to get here. But that also means that we need people to join the team. We need people to join the team so we can make sure that the things happen, that this is actually accomplished, that we have people doing things so that people can come. We need Marthas. We need people to come and, and, make, it a ha- and make it happen. Now, the good thing is, listen, is you can, come to, you can serve at one, and you can sit at one. You can come to one, and you can serve at one. We've made it easy for you. But we need Marthas. We need people to get things done. And the good thing is, is that if, if we have more Marthas serving, more people can sit at the feet of Jesus. But this Martha is more, more than just, just serving. She's distracted. And she's upset. And it's, it's stirring her heart in the wrong kind of way. right? She's getting resentful. She's resenting Mary. She resents her sister for not pulling her weight. Now, if Mary's ran the world, you'd probably be starving in a cold home. So Jesus responds to Martha's frustration with such incredible love. He says, Martha, you're worried and you're upset about many things. He doesn't say wrong things, bad things, you know, things you shouldn't be worried. He just says many things. You're distracted by many things, but few things are needed. In other words, few things are important. Few things are important. Few things are necessary. Few things really matter most. And then with love, he says, Mary has chosen what is better. Mary has chosen what is better. Martha was distracted. Again, she wasn't doing anything wrong or bad. She's doing something good. She's doing something good, but good isn't best. And sometimes, and I don't know if you're with me on this, sometimes the hardest choices aren't between good and bad. They're between what is good and, and best, right? They're, they're between what is good and better. So how do we choose what is best? Again, we're getting practical. Last week we were practical. We're getting practical. And how do we choose what is best? This Christmas when there's lots of distractions, there's lots of good things to do, there's lots of good things going on, how do we let go of all the distractions and choose what is better? Number one I have for you is we need to diminish the distractions. We need to diminish the Distractions. We are distracted, right? Our phone dings. We get another email. 
You know, we, we're driving down the street, we see a billboard. You know, kids got to go to hockey, they got to go to dance. We don't have enough time for dinner, so we better go through a drive-thru. My phone dinged again, better check it. Got to check to see if anybody commented on the picture I posted, because it's a really good picture. I got I to, if somebody posted a baby, baby, Yoda, baby Yoda, I got to check that out, or a nice little cat, I got to check that out. Oh, this is really interesting. Got to look at it right now. My, my phone dinged again, better check out what's on my phone. You know, oh, I, I wonder if people are going to be upset with what I, I wore this. Does this look okay? Do I feel all right? Oh, I got, I got another work project I got to do. The deadline's coming up. Oh, I got to get more stuff because I get more stuff, I'll feel more happy, especially Cyber Monday's just coming up. I miss Black Friday, but that's okay because now they've released Cyber Monday's happening. It's not just a U.S. thing, it's a Canada thing, so I can get in on the bandwagon. There's lots of, lots of distractions going on. My phone dings again. My email. Who is it this time? Maybe it's that one very, very important thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's the prime minister. <laughs> Hold on. You never know. It could be, right? There's lots of distractions going wrong. We are distracted. We have so much going on. But Jesus said, few things are needed. Few things are needed. In order to choose what is better, we need to diminish the distractions. I want to distance myself. I want to distance myself. And hopefully I don't forget that. From, from the distraction in order to focus on what is, what, what is most important. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35. Paul the Apostle actually says something really good here, and it's in the context of marriage, but it's actually, it's actually a good principle for what we're talking about this morning. He says, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. It's like, I don't want to restrict you. I don't want to, I don't want to make it hard for you, but I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Again, he's talking in the context of marriage, but we can apply that to this. I don't want to restrict you. I don't want to say you can't use your phone. I don't want to say you can't do these things. I don't want to say, Martha, that you can't prepare. But I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. See, every force in hell wants to distract you from what matters most. They want you to, to be distracted from your relationship with God. They want you to disengage your faith. They don't want you to read, read the word or, or serve in the house of God. They want, they want to distract you from your family, from the relationships that matter most. Because they don't need to, to destroy you if they can distract you. The devil doesn't need to, to destroy you if he can distract you from the things that matter most. Because when we're distracted from what matters most, we waste our life, we ruin our calling, and we wreck our soul. So let's diminish the distractions in order to focus on what matters most. One of the, the most common distractions, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing, but it's one of the most common distractions is our phone. In today's world, it is our phone. It's something that's been only around for about two decades. Mankind got by for thousands of years without it, but yet we can't go anywhere without it, and we act like we lose a limb if we forget it. Did you know that on average, everyone checks their phone every 12 minutes? I think I've been talking for about 12 minutes. I better go check my phone. 12 minutes. Every 12 minutes, we're picking up our phone. That means if you are a younger person, that you will spend on average seven years of your life, seven years of your life checking your phone. Because they say on average that, that a person is on social media for two hours a day. That's not including Netflix, 
That's not including, you know, games that you may have on there. That's not including texting. That's not including emailing. That is just social media. That's just Facebook, people. Instagram, maybe Snapchat, and any of the other ones, TikTok, that you may be, whatever. Two hours. That's seven years of your life scrolling and clicking and tapping, wondering if someone's going to like the picture I posted or what did somebody post next I got to see what's going on. Scroll some more. And, and maybe some of you haven't, and thank goodness you haven't, but there's some of us that we've wasted time. Like, I've looked at the clock in the evening, like kids go to bed, and I just fall on the couch, I pick up the phone, and then I'm like, shoot, it's been two hours. I've spent hours on this thing. One of the most crazy distractions. Your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, and your God is too good to waste your life on being distracted by things that do not matter. So in this story, Mary had chosen what was better, and Jesus said it would not be taken from her. So she's chosen what is better, and it will not be taken better from her. But if we, if we spend time being distracted on things that do not matter, those things don't last. We don't take them with us to eternity. Time will be wasted, it will not remain. We want to diminish the, the distraction. So very practically, this is how this is done, right? You want to treat the distraction like temptation to sin. You want to treat the distraction as if it's a temptation to sin. So speaking of the lure of a promiscuous woman, Proverbs chapter 5 says this. It says, stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. In other words, he's saying, if you're tempted by it, don't go where you're tempted. It's, it's a very simple principle that could radically change your life. If, you're, if you know that this leads to sin, don't go even near this. Don't pick it up. Don't dance around it. Don't open the door to it. Don't even let it near you. Don't go near the door of her house, he's saying. Don't go near the door of her house. If you know that going out to the bar is going to tempt you, don't go to the bar. If you know that hanging around with that person is going to tempt you, don't hang around that person. If you know that spending time on the internet in the evening is going to be bad for you, you don't get, your, get rid of your computer for a while. Give it to somebody. If this is a big issue for you. Hand it to somebody. Lock it in a case in another room. Don't go near it. What we do is we do the same thing with the distraction is we eliminate the option. We eliminate the option for it to distract you. We distance ourselves from the distraction. So if that means you deliberately need to leave your phone in another room so that you can actually be present wherever you are, then you leave your phone in another room. If that means that you need to cancel the subscription, because you know that when evening comes, you're going to binge watch Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever it is for hours and hours and hours, then you need to cancel the subscription. If that means that you need to delete the app, because it doesn't matter if you even turn off notifications, you know you're going to check it anyway. Delete the app. You eliminate the option. If it means that you need to work in a different location because there's so many distractions where you're working, you get interrupted all the time, there's so much noise, then work in a different location. If that means that you have to to get away from those people. Listen, we gotta love all people. And we gotta be gracious and we gotta be kind. But your inner circle, the people that you spend the most time with are supposed to be people that sharpen you, that make you better. If, you're, if it's people that are distracting you from getting better, then you gotta, you gotta decide, hey, you can be a part of a circle, but you're not part of the inner circle anymore. You eliminate the option. So what does it look like for you to eliminate the option to be distracted from what matters most? What does that look like for you? Because it's different for everyone. 
It's a fight to focus, but it's worth the fight to diminish the distraction in order to choose what is better. So number one, we diminish the distraction. Number two is then we focus on what's important. It's easier to focus on what's important when you, when you eliminate the option to be distracted. I want to ask God for the power to focus on what's important. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25, it says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet. In other words, focus on what matters and be steadfast in all your ways. I was at a youth camp a, a few years back at Brayside, and during the free time, a couple of these, these students had set up a slack line in a, between a couple trees. A slack line is like a tight rope that you walk across, but it's not tight. It's, it's slack. And so a few of our students had known these other students, and so we kind of paused, and we were watching them, and, and they were interacting and whatever, and then they start egging me on. They're like, Pastor Call, come on, do it. Jump on, you give it a try. And they started peer pressuring me. I thought, man, you're peer pressuring your pastor? Like, have I taught you nothing? So I'm like, whatever. I'll, I'm a very methodical person. I, I, I generally think things through. So I'm watching this. I'm watching these students, these young, these young people. I'm like, Pfft. I see how you're doing that. That's no big deal. I can do that. That's easy. Okay, I get it. And I, and I literally, this is how I think all the time. I'm like, okay, that's connected to that. That goes there. I go in there and balance this way, look that way. You know, okay, I, I got this. Take off my shoes. And I give it a go. I couldn't take one step without falling off. I couldn't take one step without falling this off the slack line. But I learned, they're laughing at me. And they said, hey, here's how you accomplish this. You can't look down. You can't look to the left or the right. You can't let your attention on anything else but the end. Because if you focus on the end, and then you feel the slack line between your feet, you'll get to the other end. You'll get to the other end. You know when Jesus was walking on water, there was this guy named Peter, disciple, bold and audacious as Peter was, says, if that's you, Jesus, let me come to you. So Jesus says, come. So Peter gets down out of the boat. The Bible says he gets out of his boat, and he begins to walk on water. Think about that for a second. Like, a lot of you are just like, yeah, okay, for, yeah, that's cool. No, a, a person is walking on water. Someone other than the Son of God has defined the laws of gravity. We've heard this story so many times that we're just like, yeah, Peter walked on water. Big deal. Have you tried to walk on water? Have you tried it? I have. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. So Peter's walking on the water, but then he begins to get distracted. He begins, his attention shifts from Jesus to the wind and the waves, and he begins to sink. It was only when his distraction was off what matters most that he began to sink. Can I just ask, is there, is there anyone in this room that feels like you're sinking a little bit? You feel like you just can't keep your head above the waves? You're wondering why you can't get to the end, why you can't overcome, why you feel so, so over, overwhelmed. Could it be that you're distracted and not focused on what matters most? Could it be that, that our attention is in the wrong place? Wind and the waves aren't a bad thing. It's good to be mindful of wind and waves, especially when you're on a sea. But if your attention is there, as opposed to the Son of God who's also walking on the water with you, then it becomes a wrong thing. Martha probably felt a little bit like this, right? I got so much to do. Can't even get it all done. Can't even spend time with Jesus because I got, I got turkey in the oven. And I got to make sure it's just right and all Brussels sprouts and all these things and part of dinners like this. Oh, I got to do it. I, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. I can't even spend time with Jesus. And Mary, she's, she's just spending time with Jesus. Oh, you're better than me, Mary, because you're spending time with Jesus. But I got all these things to do. She's distracted. 
She feels like she can't get ahead because her focus is on the wrong thing. Mary chose what was better. Choosing what is better means focusing on what is most important. So again, if the choice is between good and best, the decision is made when you choose what matters most. That means choosing Jesus first over good things. That means choosing Jesus first over necessary things and things that may distract us. This is what the scriptures mean when it says to seek first the kingdom of God. You know, when, when Jesus said that, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he didn't say seek first Instagram and Facebook and then the kingdom of God. He didn't say seek first cleaning up the house because that's very important, heaven forbid, and you have a little mess, a bit of a messy house before you open up the word of God. He didn't say seek first running all the errands because it's Christmas time and you better get all those deals before the deals go and all the stuff's gone because all the deal was so amazing and you missed it. He didn't say seek first the work project. Deadline's coming up. Again, not bad things, good things, necessary things, things that need to be accomplished, but when they become at the expense of what is better, like seeking Jesus, spending time in the presence of God, then they can become wrong things. Does this mean that we shouldn't clean the house? Absolutely not. You should clean the house. Does this mean that we, that we shouldn't work? Absolutely not. We live in a society where we need to work in order to pay bills, right? Money, money is the commodity. Does it mean we shouldn't run, run errands or look at our phone? No, absolutely not. But it just means that we focus on what is most important. So, so Martha got so upset because she was worried about all these things. So Jesus lovingly reminded her only a few things are important. Not, these aren't wrong things, Mary, but you're getting so upset and you're getting so bothered and you're missing the point. Like, hey, do all this. Do all this and then come spend time with me. Spend time with me and let's do this together. But you're getting so upset, few things are needed. Yes, food is important. Yes, paying the bills are important, but don't let them distract you from what is most important. It's a fight to focus. It's a fight to fix our focus, but it's worth the fight to focus on what matters most. Because the enemy doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. Do you know you'll never fall into righteousness? You never just happen upon effectiveness? You'll never just wander into a better relationship with God? You, you, you have to focus on what matters most. You have to make time for it. It doesn't happen accidentally. Read your Bible first thing in the morning instead of picking up your phone. Most of, I shouldn't say most, a lot of you probably pick up your phone first thing in the morning. Do you know what you can do is as you pick up your phone, you can actually have an app that gives you the scripture that pops up right away. You can set the time. So if you know you're going to get up at 8 o'clock, you can set it to arrive at 8 o'clock. So the first thing you see is scripture. Or you could just let the phone stay out of your room before you go to bed. I have a Bible sitting there open to the scripture or a sticky note, write it on a sticky note. Make it as easy as possible. Eliminate the distraction, read your Bible. Give your tithe to God first before other things. You know, I grew up with uh, parents that always said, pay yourself first before you pay your bills. And it was a good lesson, but I took it a little further. I said, do you know what I do? I pay God first. I pay God first, then I pay myself, then I pay my bills. And sometimes it's a struggle. I give my time to the church and to others. I seek first the kingdom of God because it doesn't happen accidentally. I don't just happen upon a better relationship with God. It takes work. Because when we don't focus on what matters most or what, 
on what is better, then we get distracted that things aren't and we don't move forward. And then I think about, I think about the fact that, yes, Christmas is coming up, but so is December 31st, and we're going to be in a new year. And, and if you're like many people, we tend to look back over the year and think, oh, what was 2019 like? And if we look back and we haven't focused on what matters most, what have we accomplished? We look back on, on another year gone by, and have we grown? Have we changed? Hindsight's 2020. And it's uncomfortable. But what if we change that by just diminishing the distraction, focusing on what's most important? So what's more important? Relationships over tasks. Martha was focused on the work. Mary was focused on the relationship. And I find that if you focus on the relationship, you still get the work done. I find that when you focus and you, and you, and you give time to the present, whether that's with with your relationship with the Lord, or whether that's maybe even relationship with somebody, you still get all the other stuff accomplished. It's amazing. Do you know what you can do? Just so you know, this is just very practical. If you're a cleaner and you're like, I got to do all this stuff or I'm going to shake, like I'm just, <laughs> you'll get anxious. You could listen to the, the scriptures being read to you while you clean. You could put in a podcast while you do those things. You redeem the time. And look, you get both done. Like, what if, I don't know what Martha and Mary's house looked like, but what if, what if she just kept the door open and just listened in on the conversation while doing the stuff? Or maybe prepped the stuff in the room that Jesus was in. Or said, hey, you guys want to come in here while, while I do this? I don't know. But you can do things that, that, that further your relationship with God while you do these other things. Or you can just pause those things and say, hey, I'm going to be present with my kids. I'm going to be present with my family. It's okay that the dishes don't get done today because my kids will grow up. My family will go. The dishes are going to stay there waiting for you when you need. They're not going anywhere. And there's a magical thing called the dishwasher that some of you have. You can use that. So we diminish the distractions by eliminating the options, and we focus on what's more important. And then number three, lastly, is we listen to the Word of God. I'm going to invite Matt to come back up at this time. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So when we, when we diminish the distraction and we focus on what's more important, we're able to hear the, hear the Lord clearer. When we, when we eliminate the option to be distracted and we focus on what matters mo most, we will hear the voice of God guiding us and leading us and directing us. We have uh, an Amazon Alexa in our home, which is a virtual assistant. You can ask it anything and it responds. Alexa, what is the time? Tells you the time. Alexa, what's the weather like outside? Tells you what the weather's like. Alexa, can dogs eat pineapple as my dog just ate a pineapple? Alexa, play Disney's greatest hits, and Alexa responds. Now, this has become such like a big part of our home that even our kids are asking Alexa questions now. It's crazy. But you know what? Sometimes our house gets so crazy. We have three little kids. We got a, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old that's getting very active. And it can get so noisy in our house. Like kids are yelling and screaming and running and thumping and then we got dinner going and so the stove hood's on and it's just really loud and you can't sometimes hear what Alexa is responding to your question. And you know, sometimes we get a little frustrated with Alexa. We're like, Alexa, 
turn up your volume because we can't hear her over the noise. And you know what I find? We can sometimes treat God like that. God, can you just turn up your volume? I can't hear you. Can you speak a little bit louder? I can't hear you all, all over this noise. And we get frustrated with God. I get frustrated with, with Alexa. I'm, I'm, you're a piece of technology. You're not doing what I want you to do. This, all this other stuff. Do you know when I quiet that? I say, hey, boy, stop running for a second. Be quiet. I pick up the baby so she's not crying. We turn off the hood stove and we just pause. We can hear Alexa really clear. You know, same with our relationship with God. If we just pause, we push aside the distractions, we focus on what matters most, we can hear the voice of God clearly saying, this is the way, walk in it. Do you know Martha heard the voice of God when she focused on Jesus? When she finally focused on Jesus, she heard Jesus speak. Mind you, it was in a place of frustration. Jesus, don't you care? that my sister's just sitting there. But as when she finally gave time to Jesus to engage in him, she heard him. If we, if we finally just push aside the distraction, even if it's a place of frustration, press pause on that, eliminate it, get it out of the space, do what you gotta do, and focus on what's more important, you will hear God lead you and guide you. Some of you are looking for direction. Some of you are looking for answers. Some of you are looking for wisdom. Some of you are needing healing. And you're like, God, turn up your voice. Why aren't you present while you're doing all these other things? What if you stopped all these other things and actually acted like you cared about what God was saying? Like, God, don't you care while we're doing all these things, being busy? And if I was God, I'd be like, well, you're showing me you don't really care about me. I'm getting the sloppy seconds. I'm getting the, the last remaining bit of your day. And can I be honest? Sometimes I'm there. Sometimes I go to bed and I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm just exhausted. This is, this is, this is the moment for us. And it, I feel terrible about it. Because if he's God and he's the provider and he can give me all that I need and he can provide amply what I need and I just long to hear from him, even if I'm not in need, but I just long to have a deep relationship with God, why wouldn't I diminish the distractions? Why wouldn't I eliminate the options to focus on what matters most? And just, you know what? That's your relationship with God. Let's talk about your family. Care about our family? We want better relationships with our family? What if while we're with our family, we just put down our phone? Don't bring it. Don't leave it in your pocket. Do you know what I, I got? I found on, on a Kijiji an Apple Watch. I saved up birthday money. I still do that. My mom still gives me money for my birthday. Mom, I'm 34. You don't give me money for my birthday. So I saved up all this little money, and I found one on Kijiji, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great because I can be in a, in a meeting, and, and I can have a conversation. My phone can be in a different place, and I'll just, oh, okay, good. Do you know what I found? This replaced that, and soon I'm like, I don't this one. What if I just put this away, and I was just present with the person in front of me? This isn't going to go away. This isn't going to change. But the relationship could change if I was just present. The relationship could grow. It could be better. My kids would have a better relationship with their father if I just gave them more time. Daddy, come play with me. Yeah, I will in a sec. I just got to email somebody. And yes, sometimes the email is very important. Sometimes the message is very important. But what message did that send to my kid? 
yeah, I'll get to this. I'll do, you know, I'll do this later because you guys matter less than my family. Sorry to let you know. You matter less than my family. And I say, hey, buddy, let's go play Lego. And I played with him for five minutes. You know what that changed? You know what that does in my son? This is just an example for you. It, like, boosts his life. Five minutes of me sitting down, like, changes everything for him. You know, if you gave an extra five minutes to your relationship with God, it changed everything for you. If you just took time to read the Bible a little bit more, it changed everything for you. It would. We have so much noise and things distracting us from what matters most. What if Christmas wasn't about being so busy, but being present and distraction-free? There's so much going on at Christmas, so many good things things that can easily distract us from what matters most. I wonder what God wants to say to us this Christmas. I wonder what he wants to speak to you about. I wonder what he wants to reveal to you. I wonder what he wants to tell you. So to end this discussion today, I want us to put this into practice. Matt's gonna quietly lead us in a song and we're just gonna pause. We're not gonna rush it. I want you to not think about what you got going at lunch. I want you to not think about where you gotta be, but just take five minutes. Let go of the distraction, focus on God, and let him speak. Can we do that? Do we have five minutes? Because I can talk for five extra minutes and still stay here. Or we can just pause. So Heavenly Father, we just give you these few minutes that we have. We mentally push aside the clutter. What's going on in our family? What we got going on today? What we got going on at work? And we just focus on you, Lord. We picture the cross. Would you speak in the name of Jesus? Amen. Let's just dwell in this moment. Let's hear from God. take time to diminish distractions focus on what's most important we will hear from God it's a guarantee I believe in that so strongly you know I was a part of a, a, a youth retreat years ago 14, 15, 16 years ago I was just a leader. I was one of the volunteers that came along. And the, the speaker came in, and he didn't say anything. And all of a sudden, there were slides up on the screen with just quick statements. And he led us through a 30-minute talk in silence. Like, even on the screen, like, you're five minutes into it, and he's like, this is awkward for you, isn't it? Sitting in silence. And then he led us in this moment of just being silent, just again, to, to, to cut away the noise, the distractions, to focus on what's more important. 
for the first like five minutes of that response time that we had. It was a retreat, so it was a little bit more extended. We did those things. For the first five minutes, you felt awkward in the silence. Your mind is still racing, right? I don't know about you, but even now, when we sat and we stopped, like your mind goes and it's hard to turn it off. It's hard to not let it wander. But if we, if we focus on what's most important, if we cut the distraction and we focus our attention, you'll hear from God. You'll hear him speak. And at first, it may just sound like your own thoughts because that's, you know, God doesn't speak audibly to me. I don't hear the audible voice of God. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But I, I feel impressions in my heart and thoughts come across my mind and I've trained myself to know, to distinguish what is a God thought and what is not mine. And the more that you give attention to, to the voice of God, the more you'll begin to clearly hear his voice. You'll be able to distinguish, was that God or was that not? And, a, and an easy way to test it is, does what I'm thinking line up with the scripture? If it goes against what the word of God speaks, it is not God. Very clear, 101. Is this in line with the scripture? And if it is, it may be God. Or it's just a really good thought. But aren't all good thoughts from a good God? Right? So let's let go of the distractions. Eliminate them. Like this week, practic get practical. Pause. Focus on what's most important. Not only a relationship with God. Maybe it's a relationship with your spouse. You haven't given time for each other. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a child. Focus on what matters most. And you'll hear God speak clearly. You do that over time and over time, your relationship with God will better and grow. Your relationship with others will be, become better. And you'll look back over a year. You're like, wow, I've grown this year. I've changed this year because I diminished distractions. I focused on what's most important. Let me pray with you one more time. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're the God who is waiting for us. We sing songs like waiting here for you. And oh Lord, I know we are encouraged through the scriptures to wait on you. But you are a God that never leaves or forsakes. But you're waiting for us, God, even as we, as we turn and sin, God, and as we fall short, God, if we would just turn back to you, you are ready to receive because of Jesus. And so I pray, God, that as we, as we enter into this busy season, Lord, as we live life, that we learn to, to, to diminish the distractions in our life, to let go of the distractions, to focus on what's most important, to grow in our relationship with you, to get into your word, God, because you speak through your word to focus on the relationships that matter. It's not that we can't do these things that aren't bad things, but not do them in spite of spending time with what matters most. So help us this season, God, to focus in on you. And I pray in the name of Jesus in return, God, would you allow us to hear your voice more clearly in Jesus' name. God, we bless you. We love you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, 
weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.